Okay, in 30 is doing two parts today. Two parts at 30 minutes makes an hour, but don't hold us to uh, the fire on the name. Okay, we're talking about iCloud and syncing. Um, it's a key component, obviously, of iOS 5. S the new uh, voice snippets from Siri aren't the only things that are being sent to North Carolina. So are a lot of photos and backups from apps within iCloud. Apple, for the first time, is making me.com email addresses free to anyone that has an iOS device or, for that matter, Lion. Is Apple Googleizing its operations a little bit? How does iCloud fit in uh, with iOS 5 and with Apple's products more broadly? How important is iCloud going forward for Apple? Uh, Harry, let's start with you. How are you using iCloud? Uh, iCloud, well, let me start by saying I was probably one of the few people who had no problem setting up iCloud in the beginning. Um, when I downloaded everything that Wednesday afternoon, it went without a hitch. So I started using it really quickly, and I freaking love it. Um, I love having, I, you know, I had a Google, and I was using Gmail and Google Contacts, and it was, it was nice, and it worked with itself, but it didn't really play well with iOS. But iCloud is just this awesome um this awesome Apple done way of uh, of syncing your contacts and your calendars and everything in one big ecosystem, and it just works flawlessly for me. Okay, and Haim, have you had a chance to to play with iCloud? Haim, are you there? I was playing with it two years ago when I got my Android phone. I would type <laughs> my name in, and it would say, "Hold on, we're downloading all your apps," and voila, all the apps were there. All right, it just magically I, happened. I was waiting for you to get political. Okay, so you're saying that Android has had this functionality for quite some time. Is that what you're getting at? Yes, and the contacts, everything. Like what Steve Jobs said has been done already for two years. But to answer the real question, yes, I've been playing with iCloud. It's good. It, I haven't seen any like revolutionary functionality yet. Okay, Kelly, how have you been with iCloud? Um, I've only played with it a little bit, and... Um... The thing that I like the best about it isn't necessarily even a feature that is iCloud specific. What it is is um, the purchase history. And I can pick up whatever app I want whenever I want it as a result of, you know, if I've ever bought it ever, then I can put it on my phone from wherever I am. And I think that that's super handy. Um, I'm one of the people who've had some trouble with the um, iWork documents not working like they are supposed to. So uh, I'm not super jazzed about it right now but obviously nothing I was putting in there was anything I was too worried about because I know it's still really new so so this I think brings up a really good a big issue with you know Apple versus Google is what percentage of iCloud is is not new or even new to Apple but it's it's new marketing is is it even fair they they certainly call the purchase history re-downloads iCloud um is yeah. that is that is that a fair representation of what people have come to expect uh, as meaning, uh, you know, as being something being in the cloud? Or is that is that Apple's marketing team saying, how do we, uh, you know, bolster the iCloud brand name? What, what do you, how do you I think that? I think Apple servers, Apple is sort of doing a bit of misdirection by <laughs> saying it's the cloud when really it's North Carolina. Um, because it's it's Apple servers. We know these are Apple servers. It's not necessarily a cloud thing because it's not like they're slapping a bunch of other stuff onto some sort of storage that's living at Google in giant EMC boxes or whatever. And, you know, that's not where my stuff lives. Apple has a very close hold on that and they keep a very close eye on the stuff that I buy through iTunes. So I think it's only partly that way because that's not the feeling I get when I put things, for example, in Dropbox, which is most people's 
not necessarily introduction to the cloud, but most people's utilitarian use of the cloud, so let's, turning it less into magic and more of a utility. So let's try to d- define cloud services for for this you know for this episode kind of thing. Um, is 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 has iCloud in fact been in existence from the first time that someone could download um, uh, a song from iTunes? Does that count as iCloud? Why is it now iCloud now that you can re-download the song? Is it just a, the idea that your digital purchases are persistent? Something that Amazon has been doing is that part of cloud services in general? Are we just getting to the idea, or does iCloud for Apple mean that your hard drive is your secondary storage device? Your primary one is with us in North Carolina, protected by you know Hicks with shotguns. And what, yeah. where, where, well, I think iCloud... I think it's less that and more ubiquitous. Like if yeah. I pick up my iPad, I have access to the same stuff I had on my iPhone, as is in the history in iTunes on my Mac. So I think for me, that's the piece of of the cloud that makes me happy is I don't have to worry about where did I put that file? Did I download that app to this thing that I've got with me? It's all there. I see. And Harry- yeah, when, when iCloud was, was first announced, it wasn't marketed as a, as a Dropbox replacement. It wasn't marketed as a, you know, people think of cloud services as Dropbox where it's a big hard disk in the sky. And iCloud is really a syncing service more than anything. It's supposed to get your your documents and your files from point A to point B, whatever those points happen to be, be it your Mac to your iPad or your iPad to your iPhone. One thing I noticed that Apple's doing that I don't know if Google's doing, but I'm, my gut tells me they're not, is that they've opened up their syncing service to third parties. So, for example, I use an application called Instacast to subscribe to all my podcasts. And the there's no iPad version of this application. It's only on um, iPhone and iPod Touch. But what you would have to do is subscribe to your podcast in two different places. Well, now you don't have to do that. You can download the app on the iPhone, subscribe to all your podcasts, sync it through iCloud, and then if you download it on the iPad, you can just sync them automatically. And then everything's where you need it to be. You don't have to do double duty. And I think that's really where the benefit is going to come out of. You're going to see uh, those text editors like Elements or Plain Text or any of them. Um, they're going to use iCloud as their big syncing service. Time, can you speak to that? Nothing I've already said. It's everything I've been doing. The only thing that iCloud has one ups one up on that is lack. There's Find My iPhone, which uses the cloud, and uh, the other and the other thing was the documents. But both have third-party apps like Dropbox that just work. So I'll I'll fill in the Google. No 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 no, no no no. I want to I want to clarify with Heim. Does Google open up its APIs to allow like syncing with with any of Google's services the way iCloud is doing? Well, technically, actually, Google uses Microsoft Exchange to be to be fair. So, but no, you're right; it doesn't. But well, everything I do is through Google. So the podcast is Listen, the photos is uh, Picasa. I mean, there. That's what oh, I'm you're going such a with. fanboy. So you're right. And I, I, someone could levy that that criticism, I think, more than just at Heim. But Heim, <laughs> let, let's 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 talk more about the documents and stuff. You your Android phone does back up and has backed up natively for quite some time. Or correct me, it's is it, is it natively or is there a third party app that does all of the settings back up for you uh, from your device to the cloud? With the F release, Froyo two dot Android two dot two, it Android Market was was released and the updated version of that allowed that it would back up natively to some cloud. I don't know which cloud that is. This is not a North Carolina or Kansas City, well, Kansas place. Google, but it has that's backed up. the definition of the cloud is it's just 
out there. Google's yeah. cloud actually is in the cloud. They have some type of like flotation thing, and it's like weather dependent. I heard. I don't know. I mean, this is not an EC3 place, but yes, it backed up to the cloud. But and it totally lives here. I guarantee. Sure, it. wherever you want it to live, it lives around <laughs> us. Uh, and I, when my Droid X broke or had to be turned in or whatever it was, and my wife's also got a replacement, she typed in her Gmail account, she put her password in, and it's and it just started working. We wait exactly what they were describing. It just worked. The apps again. I go to market.android.com. It said this is not yet on your device. You click on which device you associate with, whether it be your tablet or your other phone, and you hit download, and it's there. So I'll I'll speak to what you were you were asking about Harry the the difference with Google I think is that they kind of they they don't emphasize the device syncing it's not they don't want it to feel to the user like the cloud is an intermediary they want it to feel like kind of how a chromebook does when you open it you're opening up a constant portal to the to the cloud now i think all things being equal if everyone had perfect internet access that's the way things will be there'll be a hive mind and you're always in the hive mind and syncing will fall by the wayside the idea that google wants to get across is that when you open a google document every keystroke is going to uh, their cloud services. You know, every edit is. It's not syncing so but, much as it's live. Correct, right. Kelly. Well, Google wants well, Google wants your stuff to live with them on quote the cloud. They want everything to be internet based. Where Apple's approach is more device based. They want you, you know keep your stuff where it is. But if you want to take it with you, we'll get we'll help you get it there, Kelly. But I think this is the thing that um, Google is getting wrong, and it's the thing that Apple is getting wrong. Is Preach. that there are they a both not- can't be getting it wrong. That's impossible. oh, they are. Okay, this is the thing. Um, and I hope you're sitting down and uh, hi, embrace <laughs> yourself. I'm criticizing Apple, and I do this. I mean, often it's it's part of my charm. Um, here's the <laughs> thing: no, the thing that Apple is failing at, and the thing that Google is utterly failing at because Google's trying to do so much more of it at this point than what Apple is currently. That doesn't mean Apple's gonna not going to try to move more. But here's what they're doing. is They're forgetting that not everybody has all-you-can-eat data. Whether it's on their laptop, whether it's on their phone, whether it's on their iPad, not everybody has all-you-can-eat. There, there is a not insignificant number of people in this country who have metered internet access. And that number goes... That number is is inordinately high in the United States, but that number is not a small number in most of the rest of the world either. So they are presuming, I mean, people who complain about Siri utterly failing are people who are in places where the data connection is not persistent and glorious. I'm on AT&T and my data connection is fine in Portland. Granted, I don't live in San Francisco. I don't live in New York. I don't live in a place with a lot of tall buildings crammed together. And, you know, good luck getting any kind of signal down to the ground there. But a lot of people, a lot of people are going to have, a lot of people who have internet service that is in fact metered are going to have a head-on collision with providers like Apple and Google who are giving people service under the impression that their data is all you can eat. And the reason that this is going to be fascinating to me as a spectator is because it's a head-on collision between Apple or Google, who are big companies, and Comcast or Time Warner Cable or Roadrunner, who are also big companies. And watching how that is going to go is really interesting to me because it's going to happen. You can, like, 
I'm like standing in the middle of the road and if I look one way, consumers are coming that direction. And if I look the other way, these companies that presume everybody has all you can eat internet are coming the other way. And it's just a matter of time before they crash head on into each other. Okay. I'm going to put out there that I think that this, that's a growing pain issue that it's, I, I, I think in the medium term, whatever that means, it's going to be ameliorated and if you and maybe Apple's kick will be that if you get an iPhone, you get unlimited data, or if you get unlimited data to the i to iCloud, there'll be a walled garden around Apple data. I think they've got. But then that, Apple has to become Apple has to run the pipes, and that's not going to fly. Well, a, no, Apple, they're not going to do that. Well, Apple. No, has they to don't want to be a utility. Well, they don't. They they have, they would have to make a deal with the carriers that would say that when you get an iPhone, you're entitled right. to as much backup to iCloud as you want. I think that, that that growing pain issue is going to fall by the wayside. I mean, but there's more places that are metering access all the time. That's the reason I know that this is going to end really badly for somebody. So when you say end, you mean in, in one or two years' time, there's going to be you know exorbitant costs levied on the consumer to back up to the cloud? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. Or then- it's it's either going to be that, or it's going to be um, uh, people who you know, maybe make the decision, like, I'm not going to buy a new phone, the one I have is fine, because Apple's going to make me move all my all my other stuff to iCloud, and I can't move everything to iCloud because I'm not going to be able to get to it from where I am okay. between the hours of 6 and 10 p.m., so whatever. So let's, let's throw, you know, the other two biggies in here. First, Facebook has uh, had at one time released a phone for which Facebook access, or, or there, there are SIM cards for which Facebook access had unlimited data. So there's some precedent for a certain utility having zero dot Facebook.com, but not in the United States. Sure. So in, in emerging markets, yeah, but all the Facebook phone lets you do is call people you barely knew in high school. But the the those people, you know, in India, there are a lot of people you barely knew in high school, and that's what who they apparently want to talk to. And Facebook is footing the bill for it. And I guess the the, the second issue there is is um with with cloud services is that you, if if you're going to be backing up all the time, you, with if a, co- a company like Amazon, I think they would fit the they would foot the bill for their customers to get music and movies. There, there's there's an incentive for Amazon or Google to step in and, uh, you know, open up the floodgates, open up these pipes to consumers if they're consuming their content. I, I think that is 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 there a bigger issue, Harry? Do you see with with things living? You seem to have a bigger issue, a kind of maybe a privacy issue with with things living not in the cloud, but you you, you seem to prefer them device to device to device. Is that is that correct? Well, no. My preference my preference is that with Google, I'm not the customer. Uh, I am the the thing to sell. So I have a problem with my stuff living on Google servers because I am just advertising bait. Um, at least I know with Apple, I bought the iPhone. I you know yes, they're giving away iCloud for free. But I'm also going to be paying $25 a year for iTunes Match, and I may pay for more storage on iCloud. You know, I'm paying for more stuff. So I'm not, I am the customer to Apple, which is why I feel more comfortable putting my stuff with them. Okay, Haim, do you ever have second thoughts about your data, you know, residing uh, with Google? No, only because I remember their mission statement, and still is, do no evil. And I really believe that they're trying. Now, they're trying not to do any evil. And yes, when they don't did be Verizon, evil. Don't, be evil, don't be evil. So when they don't, when they did their Verizon wireless uh, net neutrality thing, it was we looked at it wrong. We said, are they being evil? We keep on coming back to it. But they are a big company, and they're trying to do no evil, where I think Apple is slightly different. They're there to provide a great user experience, and that's being evil then they're being evil 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> Kelly, do you do you have privacy concerns with the cr cloud in principle? Are you over them? Do you do you have uh, USB keys with all your pictures stored under your mattresses? Where where do you stand? Well, mostly it's it's sort of a mix because it doesn't live on my hard drive, but it lives in my house. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that all my pictures are on my laptop. Um, but they do live in my house, and I do back them up, and there is a backup that lives off-site. Um, my hang-up with a lot of cloud stuff is like when I, you know, a lot of people like to hate on Google because Google started doing this a long time ago. And your stuff can all live with us, and that's okay. And I think part of the, the issue with that is that if you did a find and replace on any story about Google and said, is it Apple, then, you know, is, if it were Apple doing the same thing, how would you feel about it? Then you know, or if it's an Apple story, if Google did this, would it be okay? And I think um, it's a hundred percent right to say. Um, and I don't remember who it was that said this initially, but if you're getting something for free, you are not the customer. And that's part of my hangup with um, with Google servers. So I think that's part of the part of part of my hangup with it. And it's not so much the the issue of privacy, like maybe I took a picture that shouldn't show up in PhotoStream. It's more about what are you doing with my data and how are you using that to, you know, sell me things or, or whatever it might be. And for me, that's sort of the hang up in it is just um, a lot of companies, and this isn't limited to, to Google by any means, Facebook, um, <laughs> aren't upfront about this is what we're doing with it. And Apple at least gives you the option on the anonymized data to opt in or opt out. And that's at least to me better than um, you can get from some other places. And they, don't also, they also don't up and change things without being clear about that being what they're doing. So, so it makes me feel better. So is, you know, is there kind of just a, a, a strong brand association with certain services? Who, who is going to move to me.com email? I mean, so... I am. So Harry, what what is I still haven't. What is your draw for me.com email? What what is the what is the, the what are the elements? You know, me mobile me iCloud in general and specifically the me.com email. My draw to that is the same reason a uh, Google user would be drawn to Android. It's all part of the ecosystem. It's all part of that universe. So it's all you know. It's apples. It's uh, Apple's calendar service. It's Apple's mail. It works on my iPhone flawlessly. I have no problem with it. Um, I know some people are very skeptical. I guess Kelly giving me the raspberry is one of them. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's me.com email. Like I have a Mac.com address, and I am going to cling to that address until the last absolute day that somebody oh, goes it's just, it's, and it's the name password. you don't like. It's the name. No, the service, phenomenal. I've had my .Mac email address longer than I've had my last name, and <laughs> I love it, and I will not get rid of it, and I gladly handed Apple $100 every year for the privilege of continuing yeah, to have I'm that email address. I'm moving all of my Gmail over to me.com. Uh, my know, issue is me.com. It just me having to even just say mobile me makes me throw up a little in my mouth. So Dot you, Mac. Yeah. Ooh. I see. So you and is part of that that it's it's one step away from having an apple.com. It's 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 you know, it's not s jobs at mac.com certainly, but it, it is that is that what we're getting at here that it's a strong yeah. association. Okay. So it's like a Nike it's swoosh. It's not even that. It's yeah. me.com is uh, me.com. You don't me. like it. It's dumb. You don't like it. Okay, hi. But, but to get it back to uh, – no, I'm, I'm sorry. Before, uh, I'm, the service is lovely. I'm, uh, but just to get it back to the services. Yeah, the service is great, but it's – you know if you're, if you're heavily invested in the Google ecosystem, if you're a huge 
user and you know i was listening to a this is my next podcast and josh topolsky is a huge gmail user he loves android because of its integration with gmail then use it if that's what you need go for it um same thing you know if apple made a good rss reader that could rival google reader i'd use it but i haven't found anything to do that yet but for me it's all about being in the ecosystem and and uh, icloud is that Heim, do you think that Apple takes uh, the cloud seriously enough? I mean, Joni Ive doesn't want to get his hands dirty with something that he can't, you know, put on the lathe in his lab. Does does Apple have the culture and the DNA to build cloud services that rival Google's? And when, you know, maybe a a half a billion people will be on iOS eventually, maybe a billion someday. Does Apple have the the chops to make that work? Uh, I, we talked about this before. When we when iOS five came out last Friday afternoon, when I got home, I had to download a Lion a set uh, OSX OSX point two, whatever seven point two, the update. I had to down that was seven hundred megabytes. I had to download iOS five, which was seven hundred megabytes. I had to download iTunes, which is eighty. And later on, there was an Aperture update. So we're talking a good two and a half gigs of data that was pushed, not just to me, but probably all million of those users that immediately got, or more than that, 30 million users around the world. And it worked. Okay, so they, 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 got, the, they got the bits to where they were supposed to go is what you're and saying. And they said we're sorry on mobile me. They, they did say that they were sorry before. So now, So now they saw what they had to do, and I think they worked through it. Okay, so now Apple also, let's talk about this. Who has more credit card numbers, Apple, Google, Facebook, or Amazon? Amazon. I think Apple uh, through iTunes. It might be Amazon, but if it is, it's not by much, and Apple is either first or second. Right. I'm thinking Amazon like by double or triple. Okay, I'm so we're but we're talking that Amazon, who doesn't have a you know a, a, a really mobile device out. There's no Amazon phone, and then next certainly is Apple. So they have this. They have your credit card number, and they have it tied to an Apple ID in most cases that that lets you buy iTunes content. You can buy. You can actually send cards through the mail with it. Who, which, which kind of digital identity is most important to people? Is it their Apple ID? Is the Apple ID going to expand to have a, some other type of profiling? Uh, where, where does, where do people's um, loyalties and credit cards lie, kind of with these services? Who, where, how, how important is that in getting people to purchase or buy in or monetizing the cloud services? Is that is that key to to kind of keeping things afloat? Is that part of why you're maybe not a hundred percent, you know, a customer at Google, but a little bit a customer? Well, I don't I think- know if my credit card even ha- is at Google at all. I don't think I ever bought anything at Google. Okay, so we're we're the with with the Apple ID. How important is that to the iCloud experience? Is that part of the reason it works? Because people have this uh, association with Apple, and they get that the device and the ID and their iTunes account are kind of melded into one thing. Is that a- well? The, the the problem with the Apple IDs and and iCloud and uh, for me, and I think a lot of people, um, is that you know not everybody had Mobile Me or Dot Mac or. Uh, before. So they didn't pay the $100. They didn't get that email address to make their Apple ID. So they used a Gmail address or a Yahoo address. Then Apple opened up iCloud for free to everybody. So now you have a .me address. You'd like to make your .me address your universal Apple ID. 
However, you can't because Apple doesn't give you the ability to combine them into one thing. So I have my Gmail address for my iTunes purchases, and I have my me address for all of my iCloud stuff, and there's no way to combine the two. So is how much of an annoyance is that? What are we getting at here? Is that uh, is this is this because Apple doesn't understand kind of digital identity? Is that because they follow the kind of they they follow the opt in? mantra so well that pe- they don't want to infringe on people's privacy, so there are these weird issues? Or is it a licensing thing with the music and the apps uh, developers? No, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, maybe they just haven't gotten there yet. Maybe this is in their pipeline, but I, it's just I have to be logged into more than one, one thing at a time, and I just don't like that. And so. remember which is which. Um, a lot of people right. did this where um, they used, uh, you know, like you brought your own email address, didn't have the mobile me already when they went and, and signed something up in iTunes or whatever. And, uh, you know, or the, the one that I have seen a lot of lately that people are, are sort of complaining about is, uh, my wife and I use the same, uh, use the same mobile me account to sync her iPhone and my iPad. And now like I can't, I message her because she doesn't have her own ID and, and, you know, how all of that shakes out. So is this is this new territory for Apple? Are are the geniuses going to be bogged down dealing with iCloud issues for the next six months or a year? Is this just growing pains, sure. or is this is this yeah. something? Okay, Heim, does do you experience this with Google? Is this something that you you run into, or has your Gmail account uh, been your digital identity with Google the whole time? And is it okay managing multiple Gmail accounts uh, on the service? Uh, yes. Well, I've had the, the short answer is yes. A new recent software update to my phone, I think this is Verizon, always defaults me into my secondary Google an, uh, account, which sometimes double up the app. So I have to update two different apps because I can't go in and delete one of them. But I have a feeling that's more of the Verizon Droid X software, the Ninja Blur, whatever they want to call it, than the vanilla Android, which can figure this out. But to answer the question, no. I haven't had too many problems. I can use any one of my IDs. I can use any of my Google apps for my domain names, anything with fairly good ease. Okay. So another big feature that iCloud brought around is is photo stream. Now, the idea is that you take a picture and it's everywhere kind of simultaneously. Um, is this kind of... Uh, uh, is, the, is the reason that Apple felt inclined to do this because people just weren't getting the USB sync or they couldn't figure out how to get their Apple TV to talk to their MacBook, which then had to sync with the phone. What, what, is, what, is, what is the usefulness of PhotoStream? What niche does it fill? What's the purpose of it? It's one less dongle you have to buy to, to get your photos on your iPad or to get them on your computer. It's, just, it's, a, it's, it's part of that seamless experience they're trying to give people. That's how I see it. So is it? Oh, do you think it's it's smart to make the internet at large the the replacement dongle, or do you see that local networking eventually will do the job? What, what what's going on here? Is this is the internet going to to kind of be the thing that connects an Apple TV to an an iPhone eventually, even when they're on the same local network? Does PhotoStream kind of take it too far, or, or what, what's going on with it? Well, I think one thing it's probably doing is um, competing with Picasa and competing with Google. Uh, with Flickr uh, to for where people are putting their photos. I think uh, part of that probably comes from, and I know um, I know PhotoStream had to be in the works before this, but Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the iOS 5 camera ships with filters now, and that's not accidental. And I think that between that and just the popularity of 
Um, I know I'm not the only person who posts a decent number of photos to Instagram with no filter at all. It's just an easy way for me to share because I can go, bam, it goes wherever I want it to go, and then I'm done. But um, now, I can, well, I I can tweet something. it. I can put it on Facebook. I can email it to somebody. I can send it to one of my blogs, whatever, and my picture is where it needs to go. Now, Apple is just trying to eliminate that step. I think they've seen the popularity of that and the validity of that as a feature, and that's where they went with it. Okay, Haim? Well, Instagram made it very apparent that they were not going to develop an Android app, mainly because they kept on wanting to be featured on the iOS commercials or on the iOS front page or one of those things. I don't remember exactly. So for Apple to now put filters in some photo stream, I think that's a slap in the face. I really do. To Instagram, who said, we're staying loyal and native to iOS only and not branching out. So is you know, is Apple getting its feet wet here? Is there because right now there's no fo- there's no photos.icloud.com. You ha- you still have to share it kind of via email or through a tertiary service. Do you think that photo stream is going to make strange bedfellows with Apple and Microsoft maybe, or Apple and Facebook, or is Apple going to be hosting photos at icloud.com for people to share it? What where is where is photo stream going to go? Where are the privacy? What are the privacy implications of that? Is, is they that- did that already because they had iWeb and they had um photo they gallery. had your their photo gallery and stuff. So, but they they got rid of that when they they created iCloud. Well, I think and even before Apple- iWeb, the 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 homepage stuff that you could do was also a really easy way to share. So- right. So, and I think they're trying to get out of that. I think they want to be more of a of a a, a, a pathway. They don't want to be a host anymore. Okay. And is that because they want people to be you know they it's. It's too dangerous for them. Uh, the, or I think it's just too much. I, th- I think they just they don't want that kind of responsibility. They, you know, let Facebook and Flickr handle photo uploading. That's that's what they do. Okay. Apple's whole thing is like taking things away to get down to the part that you really actually need, and that's why a lot of Apple things tend to work really well. Is because like the iPod did nothing but play music for a long time, so and they it played music very well. They have the- yeah, they just wanted to to like boil it all down to the good bits, and the good bits are not being the people who host the photos. It's being the route people, being a road that people take, but not being the police on it. And it's kind of is it's it's ugly. Social networking is ugly. It's still ugly. There's not. Yeah. Mean Apple social network. So this, is, this has been our second episode of the night talking about iCloud, a twofer in, in thirty in the in thirty world. Thanks for listening. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.